Welcome to the Atlassian Advantage podcast series. Here's our second episode, Federal 508 Compliance with Atlassian. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us again today for our latest podcast entry discussing Section 508 Compliance with Atlassian. My name is Sean O'Sullivan, the Sales Director of the Atlassian team at Kerasoft, and I'm joined today by Jacqueline Mazzarella. Jacqueline serves as the VP of Marketing at AdTech, an Atlassian Platinum Solution Partner. Welcome, Jacqueline. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Sean. Thank you so much for having me and happy to be here. Great. We're happy to have you here as well. We know that as a solution partner, AdTech serves as an expert with all things Atlassian, right? And AdTech especially has some uh, indispensable knowledge when it comes to government mandates like 508 compliance, which we are often receiving questions about from users. Um, especially as we see them continue to develop their uh, DevOps strategy with Atlassian Solutions. So uh, let's get started today discussing this, Jacqueline. Um, I'll start by asking you our first question. Most of us uh, by now have heard of 508 compliance. Um, you know, it first popped up back in uh, 1973. But just to level set the reason why we're discussing this today, in your words, why is 508 compliance important? So, of course, there's always the government side of things, right? And what they decide um, is important when talking about compliance and other standards. But to me, I really feel it's the inclusion aspect um, without having the need for a government mandate. So with that being said, I really think that things like equal opportunity and other opportunities for inclusion doesn't really stop at things that we're used to, like diversity. Right. So I really feel that every single person out there with any type of disability has the right and uh, deserves to live in a modern society that we do live in and surrounded by technology. And, you know, we live on the Internet today. And I truly feel that in order to be included, it really needs to define our Internet usage. So that's really where 508 compliance and things like uh, WCAG standards come into play. Mm-hmm. That's very well said. So then with that understanding now of why we know why 508 compliance is so important, what do you think right now is uh, your take on the state of that compliance? You know, are agencies generally aware of what they need to do or, you know, are they ahead of it or maybe are they maybe behind the curve a bit here when it comes to meeting that compliance standard? Well, I'll start with your first question. The state of 508 compliance, I think, is getting more and more serious. Like you said, it it was brought around a long time ago, uh, way before the technology that we have today even existed. Um, So with the changes, ever, ever ending changes of technology today, I think the things like 508 compliance is becoming more and more front and center to organizations, both on the government side and on the public sector side. On the other side of things, I really don't think that agencies are necessarily behind the curve. Um, I believe that they're just really not putting it on the front of their agendas. Of course, there are millions of other things on our agency's agendas day in and day out. So I think that this sort of falls to the wayside. And I also feel that they don't necessarily know how to act on it first. They know they have to do it, of course, because it's getting mandated and, and fines are coming their way. But I don't necessarily think they know how to get started. So that's really what I think agencies are at right now with 508 compliance. Gotcha. So, okay. So, Kerasoft and AdTech, right? We both service the same customer, that being the public sector. So I'm curious, what do you, what do you hear, right, from uh, government customers when it comes to 508 compliances? You know, I mean, 
Do they have concerns about it? Are they facing serious hurdles, challenges, that kind of thing? Yeah, so we hear a lot about it. First and foremost is we have to do it. They have that really big urgency that we have to be compliant. We have to figure this out. And then the second thing we hear is, but how do we do that with everything that, again, all the pieces of technology, all the changes in websites and the changes in code itself, how do we stay on top of this compliance? So I think their major hurdles are trying to understand what they need to do first, how they have to do it, and what tools or outside, I guess, help or references they need to get started. Gotcha. Now, you've mentioned the websites a couple of times at this point, right, in terms of their um, accessibility. Uh, how does this mandate then affect, uh, what we'll say, the non-federal websites, right? So I like to use one big example that just started, um, I guess, getting limelight in, in the public eye. Uh, Domino's has recently had a lawsuit happening where a visually impaired user was trying to order pizza through their website. And Domino's recently, over the last year, changed a lot of things with their website and their user interface. And this person, um, this visually impaired person, was not able to order pizza at the end of the day. Um, It just didn't work with his screen reader and the other pieces of technology that aided him to navigate a website. So I like to use that example because it's something so simple and something that we take advantage of almost every day, right? Being able to easily order a pizza or order any type of food nowadays uh, straight through an app or a website. Um, So I really think the changes that are being mandated and the standards that companies, both public and private and federal and government and everything else, really have to understand that it's more than just something that is going to be mandated, right? It's, it's not just a fine that you might get if you don't comply. It's the day in and day out life of somebody trying to use your service. Right, right. So now when I think about some of the agencies that you and I work with, right, the government folks, because obviously we all don't, I wish we could work with Pete's all day, but we don't. Do you have any, I guess, any good examples, some of the best practices, right, that some of these agencies are starting to implement in order to achieve um, the compliance? So I'd say the first one is definitely hiring some sort of compliancy expert. Um, They feel that that is the best way to take a step back and understand not only their tools or their products, but also things like their website or their apps and a bunch of other things um, that they might be servicing to their customers and really understand what first needs to be done. Um, From there, I think the next best practice is understanding their users and understanding how to better their experiences. Um, And things that are changing uh, on the government side with 508 compliance and WCAG uh, 2.0 and 2.1 are the different things that you do need to do as a company in order to comply. So I think as those things change, um, they're going to have to seek new experts and seek sort of outside references where they can get help and understanding. And the next best practice is really where we as experts come in when they start diving into their individual tool sets. So on the DevOps side, right, we have developers working day in and day out on all these different products and apps and services, but they're the ones that are going to have to change everything to be able to comply. Um, So being able to teach and show these organizations that it's not just hire individuals to help you, 
but also understand what needs to be done and how you can keep it on the forefront of your changes and the things that you do as an organization. Sure, that makes sense. The first one you gave us, you mentioned hiring a, um, an expert, right, with compliancy. Would you say that's where agencies should start on their journey? Or, I mean, is it varied or any, are there any recommendations we can give when it comes to just getting started with this kind of thing? So I guess, I guess that's a twofold. So I see people more coming to us saying they don't know how to get started, right? Mm-hmm. They, they access different tools and they decided which tools they needed to fix first. And then they reach out to people like us. But then on the best practices and me giving advice side, I would definitely say get an expert that looks at everything. Don't necessarily dive into things that you think are servicing just your customers. Think of your organization as a whole. And hiring that expert would do that. Um, A lot of organizations decide, let's look at our Atlassian tools, and then let's look at our internal tools like HR tools and, and email even and things like that. But I think hiring an expert to look at your organization as a whole and seeing what can be done is definitely a best practice to get started with. Sure. So then when I'm thinking right about the solution side of things, which is obviously where we're already um, segueing here, the big one of the room, right? Technology and how technology is going to help us fix everything in the world. What would you say from a technology perspective, right, is helping agencies comply with the Section 508 stuff? Um, So things like screen readers, which have been around for a while and really helped our visually impaired users understand a website or understand an app or a tool or any their cell phones even. Those have evolved as the compliance standards have evolved. Um, so that in itself has been very interesting to see. Um, the problem is that these screen readers serve no value if a website, app, or anything else is not compliant on that end, mm-hmm. right? So things like downloading um, a simple PDF off of a website, some visually impaired users cannot do if the website is not compliant. So technology really can serve as a big help when these organizations understand how they can change to be compliant. Because things like, you know, voice assistance technologies can all help them make their changes, if that makes sense. So using things like Google or Alexa or any of those other items that we use as regular users, visually impaired users can rely on that so much more. You know, there's really no need for a desktop anymore, a desktop monitor. Um, They could just use something like an Alexa or something like a Google Home. Um, So with the changes of technology, I really feel that that's going to open the doors to many other things, of course, but specifically on this topic of 508 compliance. Sure. Now, if I take it one step further with technology, right, obviously I work here at Kerasoft on the Atlassian team. You know, Atlassian's got a whole suite of products. We're thinking Jira. We're talking Confluence here. And obviously AdTech, the reason why we're talking today as a platinum solution partner for Atlassian. You guys know Atlassian, you know, the back of your hands, right? So how does ad tech right now utilize Atlassian, I would say uniquely, right, to help agencies comply with the, the 508 mandate? So we saw a real opportunity um, when one of our large clients, uh, financial clients, had reached out to us and mentioned that they needed to be compliant as a whole, but they also felt that original point that we started this conversation off, the need of inclusion. Um, so their problem mainly was that they could not help their visually impaired customers in certain aspects on the newly developed apps for their organization. 
Um, so they reached out to us because they used all of Atlassian's tools, and that was their main point of DevOps in their development. So we teamed up with them to try to understand first and foremost how to do that, but then we saw the opportunity to work with these tools and realize how many different types of organizations are using Atlassian suites. And those organizations range from financial to government to even some mom and pop shops. I know a few people who use Jira on a personal level to organize some of their, you know, their own finances and things like that. So when you think about that and their large customer base that Atlassian has, we really realized that there was an opportunity for, gosh, how many users um, were visually impaired out there. So we took that and we developed Unstoppable, which is our uh, 508 compliant app that works with uh, JAWS screen reader and basically helps the user navigate Jira, Confluence, and Jira Service Desk. Now, a lot of the time people use Jira Service Desk for their outside, you know, customer support or uh, help desk portals or things like that. So that opens a whole nother door to not only Atlassian's customers, but the customers of their customers. <laughs> Um, using their own tools and being able to use them clearly and without any troubles. So that was a real opportunity that we chose to use the amazing Atlassian suite uniquely when it came to the specific sector of 508 compliance. And that was, I want to say, about five or six years ago when we originally began our partnership with Atlassian. Mm -hmm. So even in those five or six years, the mandates for 508 and the standards have changed significantly. So we're always trying to stay on top of what those users need and how to consistently stay compliant. Awesome. Okay. So there's going to be obviously a lot more that you can dive into a lot with this, right? But um, just for the sake of today's conversation, where do you suggest our listeners are going to go now to learn more about, you know, what AdTech's doing with JAWS Screen Reader and, uh, you know, the rest of the things that you guys are doing in support of these government agencies? So, of course, visit our website, uh, www.adtech.com. But you can also reach out to have an individual conversation about specific needs or questions that you might have, or even if you just want to dive into some of those best practices um, that we've mentioned earlier, you could just simply reach out to sales at adtech.com. Of course, we're on all of our social media channels as well. So you can DM us, uh, tweet at us, Facebook message us, whatever you need to do to reach out to us. But we are here to answer any of those almost very hard questions to answer sometimes. Right. No, no lack of contact avenues these days. Those are great <laughs> suggestions, Jacqueline. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time today. The valuable insights, the information, really, really helpful stuff on a, you know, a topic that I think isn't uh, discussed enough, really. Uh, for our listeners, um, please check out uh, Jacqueline's suggestions. Um, we're going to have the resources on the bottom of our podcast landing page. Uh, you can also contact Kerasoft. We, like I said, work with ad tech frequently here. Uh, Atlassian at Kerasoft.com. Or you can always contact us at 833-547-2468. I uh, appreciate everyone's time today, uh, and we'll see you next time. Thanks.